everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And I'm checking my notes here. Apparently, we're playing a team called Charlotte in football today or this week. Yeah, Ooh. that's basically how this whole preview is going to go, I think, because none of us really know much about Charlotte um, as an institution or a football program, I guess. Um, no, but I got we'll nothing. stumble our way through it and you people will listen to it anyway. Yeah, I know the Sam Darnold uh, QB experiment hasn't really gone the way that they had hoped, but other than that, I'm not really sure about the they football team the that plays in Charlotte. This year, though. Yeah, that's fair. Sam Darnold looked like an all-pro that day. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Charlotte. Before, before we go into the unknown, let's talk about some other unknowns. That's the Conference USA additions we're making to the conference. We have Sam Houston State, an FCS school, Jacksonville State, an FCS school, New Mexico State, and Liberty. I'm assuming Liberty gas stations. Uh, maybe that's how we're going to finance our travel costs throughout conference play or something. I'm not sure. They're not. There's a reason why they weren't invited to Conference USA or the Sun Belt until uh, right now when we literally had to to survive. So I'll just leave that there. Um, but the other three teams that we're adding, New Mexico State, uh, you know, former conference foe, yes. former closest conference foe when, from the WAC days. Um Shout out the 44 to nothing victory in the rain in 2011 to clinch the WAC title. Last conference championship we won. Um, and then also two FCS teams. One is a little bit of a recent powerhouse in Sam Houston State, um, which is pretty close to tech in uh, shit, Huntsville. Huntsville, Texas, um, East Texas. So that'll help uh, be a travel partner for some of those farther away schools. And also they have a really good football program that's kind of scary uh when we're two and seven and they're sitting there on a 19 game win streak in fcs coming off a national title run very, um, good, very good baseball as well same houston yeah yeah they i think the main thing that they need to do is uh is get some facilities upgrades going because their football stadium kind of kind of is not uh, up to snuff but jacksonville state on the other hand has been investing in their facilities lately and is kind of near ish to uab um 70 miles yeah so um not too far of a trek interesting um interesting addition for sure and yeah i I think those two fcs schools and then these two you know fbs independents make sense you know for the times that we're in i guess yeah and if the rumors of mtsu and wku staying are true that brings us up to nine love to see three more people people three more Schools make the jump, or hell, just just one more school make the jump in all sports, and then just add UConn and UMass for football only. I'd still love to see UTA as a as a non football member, but that's partially for you know for personal bias reasons, being that <laughs> I work there and live a quarter mile from the baseball stadium. But um, yeah, so I think that's enough on on that for now. We finally got some like actual official yes. news. <laughs> which is just like a weight off our shoulders, even if it's not the news we wanted to hear necessarily, but better than going independent. Yeah. Better than, you know, the world continuing to crumble around us. So we'll see what happens, you know, with, with MTSU and Western, but it looks like for now, maybe they're going to stay. But by the time this comes out, that could have completely changed. So we'll see. Recording this on Tuesday comes out on Thursday. Today is Monday. The entire world may look different in college athletics in two right. days. Yeah. But yeah, one thing that won't look different is the team that Tech will be playing this weekend, Charlotte. That sure. 
you yeah, know what? It's something. It's late. <laughs> we got yeah. That's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, okay. Thank you, Your Honor. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte coming in here is uh, five and four on the year. I know they had a huge matchup with Duke. Um, it was a home game that they, they had in Charlotte. Great crowd came out. They won that game, but they haven't really built on that hype going four and four since then. Yeah. So, I mean, they've lost to Georgia State, Illinois, FAU, and Western Kentucky. Those four losses came to Massey ranked teams that are 98th or better. And the five wins came over Massey ranked teams of 99th or worse. Oh, and by the way, Tech is ranked 110th. Ooh, yikes. So this, so, tech so, should be a team that Charlotte should beat if we're going on past success. Ouch. Yeah, they're they're also, I mean, this is a road game for them. It's gonna be uh the game's at 2:30 on Saturday in Ruston. Charlotte's one and three on the road this season. Um, their one win being at FIU, where the attendance officially is listed as zero. So that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is the NCAA stat page. The attendance for FIU hosting Charlotte is listed as zero. So that's funny. But yeah, I mean, that's interesting that they, they seem to take care of business against the teams that are ranked similarly to them. You know, on offense, I mean, it's it's really kind of middle, lower tier here. They're, they're 75th in rushing offense with 152 yards per game, 70th in passing with 230. Um, they're 81st total offense overall so you know nothing tech hasn't faced before certainly on the on the offensive side of the ball a couple things that that i had to note here a few places where they do actually do pretty well because again most places they're kind of middle of the pack uh they're good at avoiding throwing interceptions they're 26th best in the country at avoiding those interceptions their time of possession on offense is 19th best in college football so they seem to take care of the ball and and keep it moving they don't throw the interceptions that end drives they just kind of keep going they just don't happen to score a lot of points along the way (laughs) that's my takeaway from this at least their quarterback i know is chris reynolds who's kind of a uh he's been around for a while i've heard his name uh which is not something i can say about many charlotte players (laughs) so far this year he's completing uh 66 percent of his throws and he's thrown 19 touchdowns to five interceptions so it's a pretty good ratio. Basically, the the offense is nothing to write home about. They do a, a couple little things, good or bad, here or there, but really it's it's just kind of average, if not the bad side of average. Defense, though, is just the bad side of bad. Uh, giving up, what is this, 116th ranked of the country at 449.9 yards per game. Uh, the rushing defense is just as bad, giving up 204.2 rushing yards per game, 116th in the country. If you just look at the games against FBS opponents, this is the one that sticks out to me, is that they're giving up 5.6 yards per rush. That's 120th in the country, or 10th worst. Okay. Can Marcus Williams finally get 100 yards? Sheesh. Yeah. I hope hope we can get the run game actually going. I mean, we... We were okay against UAB, so, I mean, we might be able to to run against this defense. This is the first time, I mean, God, for the first month of the season, we kept saying, like, oh, this team has the eighth best run defense in the country, but luckily, we don't run the ball, you know? And now it's like, oh, 120th, shit, okay, let's put Matt out there. Let's get Matt some rushing yards. No. <laughs> Make it Matt some passing yards, too, because no. looking at per play over <laughs> over the air, Charlotte gives up 9.7 yards per pass. That's 128th best or third worst in the country. I can give a quarterback 
approximately half a second for me to get open. <laughs> what if you're the quarterback? So yeah, in total, that's 7.2 yards per play that they're allowing against FBS opponents. That's fifth or sixth worst in college football, which makes sense when you combine those two things. Basically, they give up. They're kind of bend and break. Bend, don't break. They give up yards, but not points as much, even though they are averaging giving up seven more points than they score. Yeah, and that, that's 29 points per game, which, I mean, we just saw Tech put up 38 against the UAB team that um, obviously made a lot of mistakes, but was only allowing 20 points per game. So, God, it seems like this is a week we might be able to put everything together. <laughs> I don't want to talk myself into that, but my goodness. I'll try to in a second, but yeah. first, let's talk about some players to watch. Have you had time to look one up? Yeah, so I'm going to go with uh, their number one wide receiver, Grant DuBose. Um, he's a sophomore, but so far this year, he's leading the team in receptions with 43 and yards with 620. Yeah, he scored five touchdowns um, so far this year. So he also averages about 15 yards a catch. So uh, definitely look for him to be their downfield threat. And I know Chris Reynolds likes to get him the ball. Don't know much about this team, but this guy, this guy's one to watch out for. I uh, I know very little about Charlotte, which leads me to believe that we're going to get blown out by Charlotte. And the player that does the best is one I will retroactively pick. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> for my player to watch, to talk about a couple of tech players really quickly, just for purposes of illustration, you take both Bell brothers. Uh, they're tied for the most sacks on the team with three each. That's pathetic. Those guys have both missed time. Yeah. Ugh. And they lead our team in sacks, which is yeah Jesus. another can of worms. But you take their sack totals, or just their general persons in general, push them together, Make one person, and you end up with Charlotte's Marquise Watts, who has six tacks on the season. Uh, the next highest on the team only has one and a half. So this guy is oh. the guy on defense. And Tech seemed to do pretty well against UAB at protecting the quarterback. But if that was a one-game fluke, then we may see Watts in the backfield pretty often. I'll go. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and pick a player to watch out for. I don't know if someone already picked this guy because I am really out of it, but... Uh, Grant DeBose, wide receiver number 14 for Charlotte. Uh, on the season, 43 receptions, 620 yards, five touchdowns, averaging about 14 and a half yards per catch. Actually, looking at the receiving stats, I'm surprised, Evan, you didn't pick an E Spencer. Oh, wow. They have Elijah Spencer. Oh, man. My guy. Who also has five touchdowns on the year. Well, if that's true, then that is between DeBose and him, that's half of Reynolds' touchdown passes. Wow. My boy, E Spence. Oh, wow. Shadrick, Shadrick Bird, to be fair, the running back, also is fourth in the team in in uh, receiving yards, 216 receiving yards, two touchdowns. And then he's also run the ball pretty effectively as sort of a, a one-two punch out of the backfield. So um, look out for him as well. Yeah, I mean, this, this team's offense has some players, and I guess on paper they're pretty similar to us. But, God, it's just a defense that bad. You've got to hope we can move the football and score some points. Please. Yeah, so as far as how computers think this game will go, FPI gives Tech a 76.6% chance to win. Massey gives Tech a 63% chance to win. And Vegas favors the Bulldogs by 6.5 points with an over-under of 57. And I am too tired to do that math of what that final score prediction really means. But <laughs> Tech seems to be favored in this game between a 5-4 and four Charlotte and a 2-7 and seven Tech. I mean, I'll, at least someone has faith in us. Jeez, yeah. Um I would not bet on tech this year at all because you have no idea who's <laughs> going to show up. Yeah. So we've heard what other people think. 
what do we think is going to happen here? Matt, you want to go first? Tech will probably end up losing something like, oh, I'm going to say 27 to 10. Wow. Yeah. Man. If Charlotte's horrendous defense can hold us to 10 points, then maybe we should just swap with Sam Houston and take their FCS spot. Hmm. You better watch what you say, Nathan. That might yeah. happen. <laughs> um, let's see. Charlotte has not held. Oh, they did beat Gardner Webb 38 to 10. So, but other than that, nobody has scored fewer than 20 points. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think tech just, we have to get something going in this game. I mean, old dominion, we should have beat, right? We should have played better in that game. That game was on the road. That game, I'm not making excuses, but that game was on the road and that team had a better defense than the 120th ranked defense in the country. So gosh, I just got to think that we're going to build on the offensive momentum from last week and we're going to hold down an offense that's not uh, UAB's offense shouldn't have been good either. I don't know. It'll probably be a shootout. I'll say 38 to 34 tech wins. I changed my mind about five times in the middle of that, by the way. Yeah, I hadn't really made up my mind until I started talking right now. I think it's about the same is what I think. I think this will be a, a slightly higher scoring game. Hopefully our defense learns how to tackle at least a little bit to keep the middle of the pack 49er offense off the scoreboard. But yeah, I think somewhere... Maybe not quite that high scoring, maybe 31-27 victory for Tech. And so, yeah, enough depressing talk about football. Let's move forward into basketball, where we still have a whole season to let us down, not just the last few games. Yeah. Um, so just to refresh everybody from last season, you know, it's been a while. Um, Tech is coming off of a 2020-2021 season that went pretty much beyond the wildest expectations that we could have had for a pretty young, inexperienced team. It was Eric Conkle's sixth year as head coach, and the dogs were picked seventh in Conference USA, uh, but ended up going 24-8 and overall and 12-4 and in CUSA play. Actually ended up winning the first and probably only CUSA West division title in basketball. Um, so I guess that makes us probably the second best team in the overall conference. Um, unfortunately though, our point guard and CUSA all defensive team leader, Kobe Williams broke his finger or something in that exhibition game before, before the conference tournament. So that was the exhibition game. Yep. Man, I'm sad about that again now. Yep. Classic tech. Um, we, (laughs) we lost in the conference tournament, uh, with Kobe wearing a club on his hand, and he actually became a better three-point shooter. Anyway, that that wasn't part of this. Um, <laughs> but that wasn't the end of the season, though. For Tech, um, our guy Junior Lofton, who we've you know we folk we had a whole podcast focused on him back in June or July, uh, powered the Bulldogs into a deep NIT run and ultimately won the third place game on a buzzer beater uh, move from Junior on that sort of bully move inside against Colorado State. Uh, junior, by the way, CUSA Freshman of the Year campaign there. So last year's team, the, the message here, I think, is that last year's team arrived on the scene a little bit early. You know, they got picked seventh and then ended up, you know, pretty much contending for the whole season. And and we had the, the toughest record or the toughest schedule in conference. We had to go to Western. We had to go to North Texas, you know, ended up 12 and four in conference play. You know, if not for that Kobe Williams injury, who knows what would have happened. So you know, it, it was uh, above expectations last year. Yeah, but if last year's team was better than expected, what can we expect from this season? Uh, this year, the Conference USA media poll predicts that Tech will finish second in the league, 
behind a very transfer-heavy UAB Blazer basketball program. Ken Palm ranks the Bulldogs 88th in the country, behind only UAB and Conference USA, where they ha- where Ken Palm has them at 71st, and currently projects the Bulldogs to be 20-9 and or 12-6 and in CUSA when all is said and done at the end of the year. With that being said, Ken Palm currently only gives Tech's opponents a better chance to win four games. That's at Bama to open the season, which will have happened by the time that the show comes out. At North Carolina State, which is, I believe, around Thanksgiving, LSU and Shreveport, Bossier, and UAB, which is also on the road, unfortunately, because of course. Yeah. Um, basically, the computers like us right now. Of course, we haven't played yet, and the media likes us right now. So it's we're going to have a little bit more of a target on our back this year, where last year maybe you know we were coming in not favored to win a lot of games, um, you know, picked middle of the pack in Conference USA. So, yeah, I mean, we we did lose some players off of last year's team, some really, really key pieces. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. But we lost Caleb Ledoux, uh, Jacoby Pemberton, and Andrew Gordon, all three of whom played pretty decent minutes. But Ledoux and Pemberton were both starters um, playing 58% and 69% of Tech's minutes, um, respectively there. So... You know, with Ledoux, I think we'll really miss the perimeter threat that he brought. Um, he could knock down a three when needed. And then Pemberton, of course, was a two-way player, uh, mostly playing that three position. But uh, he was really strong on the board, so I think we'll miss his ability to get those rebounds, and we're going to have to figure out where where the rebounds are going to come from this season. So, um, And then, of course, Andrew Gordon you know, ended up in more of a support role, a, a rotational role with Lofton when, when junior kind of took over that role, but <laughs> junior still was only averaging like 25 minutes per night at the end of the season. So we're going to need a center uh, or two for those other, for those other 15 or so minutes that uh, Lofton's going to be sitting on the bench. Yeah. But we lost those three guys, but we also got a couple guys back, right, Nathan? Yes, we have two COVID super seniors, which when I first read that line, I thought it said two COVID super spreaders, and I'm glad it's not. It's just oh, man. two very good basketball players. And Xavier Christian and Amori Archibald both return with an extra year because of COVID. Xavier Christian, or who Dave Nitz would always call the X-Man on the broadcast. Oh, um, yeah. He's a versatile bench player. I guess we won't hear that anymore now that uh, he, he's only doing baseball broadcasts. But oh. Christian is a very good bench player. With a great story coming back from collapsing on the court in practice to come back and play college basketball. And just a great guy who you want, even if he's riding your bench, you just like having him on your team because of his veteran presence. Archibald, meanwhile, pretty much a four-year starter. I guess this would be a five-year starter now, maybe. And we'll look to have his veteran presence on this young team in the starting lineup. He plays both the one and the two, so the point guard and the shooting guard. Look for him to get more time at the two now. Now that we have another pure point guard on the roster and freshman Caleb Stewart, who we'll talk about in a little second. So you take those two guys and then we also have this young core of Junior Lofton, you know, the guy who we just keep talking about over and over again. Right. Conference USA all preseason, Naismith Heisman, not, not Heisman, Naismith watch list. Pretty uh, much Malone the basketball Washman. Heisman, though, yeah. <laughs> you probably could win a Heisman in football, too. Uh, Isaiah Crawford. Who was our starting power forward last year and great on the boards and Kobe Williams, who was our starting point guard. And we have a couple other returners and Kenny Hunter and Stacey Thomas who came in every now and then, but mostly read the bench, but we've added some new players to kind of try to make up for some of those outgoing seniors. Yeah. 
we'll touch on this later, but Kenny Hunter and Stacy Thomas, I think really need to step up this season, um, you know, and, and really come into their potential. Kenny Hunter's only, this is his second freshman year uh, here. So he's, he's got time. Um, but I think Stacy Thomas has a role to fill that we really, really need him to grow into. So hopefully we'll see that. Um, yeah, we, we got some transfers in, um, who I know we talked about a little bit in the off season. I think, uh, I think we did a podcast where we mentioned them, but we got Keiston Willis, a sophomore transfer from incarnate word who played 75% of the minutes there, uh, for the Cardinals. Is that? I think so. 75% of the minutes at the three position, and he's really a pure shooter. Matt, I know that you were looking at the at the stats from that um, exhibition game last week, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I think, what did he hit, five three-pointers in that game? Pretty sure it was five. Uh, also was the three-point contest winner in an inner, inner squad scrimmage or... Oh, yeah. the, like Tech Madness or whatever? Yeah, something like that. He, his... Uh, big the big thing he brings to the table to this bulldog basketball team is he can shoot very well from beyond the arc and uh yeah he he tears it up back there yeah for sure and i mean he he should really be in the rotation for sure like day one um this guy may even be a starter you know in that spot that pemberton played a lot of those minutes last year and he's now gone so um look for keeson willis to be one of the one of the keys to this team really, cause you need that perimeter threat, especially with junior Lofton, right? Cause if they try to double junior Lofton down low, I mean, if you've got a guy who can consistently knock down open threes, like they can't double him down low or they're going to, there's somebody's going to be open. So I, I think that's, that's really exciting to have this guy on the team. Um, the other two transfers we got are LaDamian Bradford don't know much about him. He was uh, used very sparingly in his true freshman season at Texas A&M last season. My understanding is that he was recruited very heavily by Conkle. I think he's from somewhere in North Louisiana and, uh, and you know, things didn't pan out for him the way he thought they would, or, you know, promises were made and weren't kept or something like that at A&M. So um, he decides to transfer over and become a bulldog and, uh, you know, he, he's a guard. I'm not sure where he'll slot into this lineup, how many minutes he'll get. But um, I know Conkle spoke very highly of him on on several radio appearances he was at. Yeah, he's from uh, Jonesboro Hodge High School. OK, so that's um, a very new- local kid and played a lot of shooting guard in high school, too. So probably see some minutes at the two. Is There's one more transfer, right? Yeah. The last transfer is David Green. Uh, he's transferring in as a freshman from Hofstra. Uh, the college that Saints fans know, know well. Uh, he yeah. played 21.3% of the minutes on a pretty decent Hofstra. I assume they're still the pride team, uh, mostly coming on as the the power forward or the number four coming off the bench. Uh, should be a pretty good replacement for Crawford if he lives up to the potential that he's shown when he was in Hofstra. Yeah, a little bit of a rotational piece here, I think, especially for now um, when you've got Isaiah Crawford, who's you know an all-conference talent. Crawford won freshman of the year too didn't he a, a few years ago that sounds right i think yeah because he got a knee injury his true freshman year and then came back and got a medical red shirt anyway isaiah crawford's good is the point so david green's not going to come in and like take his spot but it'll be nice to have a guy able to come off the bench and uh spell crawford at times and then just real fast we we did get a few freshmen in as well of course um you know, don't know much about these guys yet. We'll have to see how they um, 
how they pan out. But freshman guard Teron Williams was ranked as the number one overall player in the state of Arkansas last year. So that's pretty cool. And then point guard Caleb Stewart, who we mentioned earlier, was ranked as the 11th best player in Texas. I believe he was the 50th best point guard in the nation as well coming out of high school. I think this guy is going to get minutes to, you know, to give Kobe a break on the bench. And, you know, in rotation with uh, Kobe, that'll free up Amori Archibald to play his more pure position as a shooting guard um, rather than having him slot in as point guard. So um, I know that was that was part of I think that was part of Triple A's um, struggle last year was that he was put at that point guard position where, you know, he can he's good, but that's not where he can be great. So hopefully um, getting Caleb Stewart in will pan out and Amori Archibald will be free to to stay there at the two position, especially with Caleb Ledoux out the door. So that's the roster. Yeah. I mean, it looks pretty good to me, at least on paper. You bring back some pretty good guys. And I guess really when you have Junior Lofton as your centerpiece, yeah, it's just about building the team around him. And I think we, I think we have the talent to do what we did last year, if not maybe improve a little bit with some luck. But a lot of that will come down to who we play and who's on the schedule. We mentioned earlier that the four games that Tech is not favored in is Alabama, LSU, NC State, and on the road at UAB. Um, and I had joked about UAB being on the road because, of course, we play them twice, once at home and once away. We're predicted to win the home game and lose the away game. But that away game is also the last game of the season. So that could be really important when it comes to conference seeding for the tournament. But beyond those name schools and the conference teams that we play, there are some also kind of who <laughs> on the schedule, too. Uh, yeah, we play I'm- Jackson State, Jarvis Christian, Crowley's Ridge. Crowley's these, these Ridge. These sound made up. Yeah. That sounds like the name of a 90s TV show. <laughs> Crowley's <laughs> Ridge. <laughs> I can hear the theme song now. Yeah, I mean, so Ken Palm gives rankings to games or, or ratings to games like A, B. It gives an A matchup to Alabama, NC State, LSU, and the away UAB game. And then it gives a B to North Texas away uh, UAB at home and Santa Clara who we play on the road on December 4th. So yeah, I mean, I think, I think the schedule, I have no idea how the conference is going to shake out. It's kind of always, always a question mark, you know, with this conference. So yeah, you never know. I mean, UAB supposed to be good. We're supposed to be good, but we weren't last year and we turned out we were. So, I mean, there's probably some team that's on our schedule, especially when we get into conference play that will have a surprisingly good season with the emergence of one or two players that no one's really talking about right now. But, I mean, this looks like a a good schedule to get into conference tournament time where we will have to win the conference to make the NCAAs, like, every year. Yeah. Um, I, I heard that we were trying to keep our schedule open for as long as possible in case some bigger schools had an open date somewhere, and that's probably how we ended up with Jarvis Christian and Crowley's Ridge, which when I Google search, it just is the name of the geological formation that rises 250 to 550 feet in Arkansas. It doesn't even say that there's a school. There's a state park there. Maybe we're playing a bunch of uh, park rangers, but (laughs) the schedule will not get us an at-large bid, but this team should be good enough to go into the conference tournament with a top four ranking. Oh my God. And hopefully Ridge college's (laughs) website has a tagline. Is it geocities of my WordPress blog? 
It's oh, yeah. Crowley's Ridge College dash my WordPress blog. And the next chapter of Crowley's Ridge College is under construction. Stay tuned for a better way to experience CRC online. CRC.edu slash WP. For WordPress, yeah. What is this school? Is this a real school? Is this a real school? Uh, CRCpioneers.com. Yeah, their athletic page exists, which... Turnovers Doom Pioneers is their first... Oh my goodness, dude, this... If you go, this, so there's, oh a, my there's a link for admissions in the top right. If you go to it, it's just an application to apply to the school. Oh, boy. Oh, hold on, Matt. I, I need you to see this picture <laughs> that know. I'm going to send you. It's like if the three of us suited up to play basketball. They have a co-ed jiu-jitsu sponsored sport. Co-ed jiu-jitsu, you say? Their their athletics page is not as bad as their university page, which doesn't the appear. The university page doesn't exist. Yeah. If, okay, so admissions is that if you click on academics, it's the course cat, uh, catalog, but that doesn't exist. Dude, if we don't win this game like 100 to 12, this is... <laughs> what is the name of this place? Crowley's Ridge what? Crowley's Ridge College. College. And they're yeah. the pioneers. Yeah, it's in Paragool, uh, Arkansas. And, so they've lost know. their two first games. 85 to 79, okay, that's not bad. But then 97 to 66 against someone called Blue Mountain. Blue Mountain State? Oh, no. fictional school from that tv show <laughs> say, wait a minute this um, isn't uh crowley's ridge isn't too far away from uh arkansas state and Mensboro, arkansas i don't know guys they play uh lion or leon two days before they play tech so i mean it's a little bit of a a bit of a look ahead situation okay, for them. Surely this is Carolina be, Christian the next week. This has got to be inaccurate. It says their total enrollment is 178 undergraduate students. It's probably just athletics. It's probably one of those schools that just exists to have athletic teams to make money from scholarships. But yeah, I mean, outside of those questionable schools, we play some big names, some some very small names. But again, we'll need to win the tournament to go to any kind yeah. of NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, pretty much it's it's par for the course at this point. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how we perform against, you know, some of these big dogs on our schedule, right? Alabama, NC State. But if you look at the conference opponents, I mean, we get some of the tougher teams at home this year. We get Marshall at home. We get a game against UAB at home, you know, so it's uh in Western Kentucky. We get them at home this year. So last year we played them all on the road and we ended up splitting or winning those games. So we'll have to take care of business at the tack, which we normally do. So um, I think the schedule works out pretty nicely, but like you said, Nathan, it's not a schedule where if you go, you know, 29 and five, you're getting an at large bid. It's just, it's just not how that's going to work this year. That's pretty much not in question, but do we have a question mark somewhere else on this team somewhere where, you're maybe a little worried about uh, how things are looking. Yeah, Matt, you got any to start out with? Uh, how far they could possibly go before letting us all down. <laughs> uh, a lot of I've seen some pundits speculate Tech could win the whole conference. Be awesome. A lot more though saying it's UAB's conference. Not so awesome. I just want to sure. see our. I just want to see our guys compete hard. I'd love to win. I'd love to win the conference championship. Would be a really special feeling, considering it's never been done uh, since they've been in CUSA. So division titles are nice. That conference title though would be awesome. And there's no reason for us to believe that Tech can't compete, legitimately compete, to win the title this year. Yeah, I mean, I think on the court, right? It's it's how do we replace 
that production from Caleb Ledoux and Jacoby Pemberton. So we've got Lofton, right? And the offense is going to run through Lofton like we saw at the end of last season. But where are the points going to come from when a team decides that they don't want to let Lofton just run the run the offense, right? So how are we going to respond when when they're triple teaming junior inside? Are we going to have that guy who can hit perimeter shots? I think we do in uh in Keiston Willis, but my boy Keiston. No, I'd like to see him against someone other than Mississippi College. And I think it'll take time to settle in and, and figure out how these new pieces all fit together. So that's why, you know, conference play doesn't start till a month and a half into the season. Right. So hopefully all that stuff will be figured out, put together. And, you know, I think the biggest question mark for me is always going to be, can we avoid the dreaded damn injury bug? That, yeah, that was going to be my biggest question mark always takes this team down always especially because we want to run this team through one player Mm. junior lofton is an olympic level talent and so it would be insane not to use him like one but even if he's just being used as a decoy on a play that he has nothing to do with if he's on the court you have to respect him and if he goes down for a few games here or there then i'm concerned about flexibility to be in a good position to get a first round buy for the conference tournament. So that's my biggest question mark. And it's not one we'll have the answer to until the season's over. Yeah. Like we saw with Kobe Williams getting hurt in a tune up game. Yeah. I think the other question mark is who plays the five when Lofton's not on the court. And, you know, hopefully Stacy Thomas can be that guy. He hasn't been that guy yet, but you know, hopefully with another off season and, and, you know, with, more minutes he'll be able to grow into that role that we've kind of wanted him to have but yeah just real quick what do you guys think is the outcome of this season you know like not necessarily a record but you know what do you think happens this year just a a quick prediction here at the end uh uh, probably a a fairly a fairly deep nit run i just don't see tech winning the conference uh, because they never do and i have no reason to believe that'll change so a fairly deep nit run which ultimately doesn't lead to anything good (laughs) matt's wrong tech will not make a deep tournament run because they're going to the ncaa's because they're winning the conference tournament and they'll get eliminated in the first round but they'll make the tournament well that's my prediction hey usa teams win though in the first round my dude so (laughs) i I was um (laughs) um yeah i mean i think that it'll take some time for this to come together and and we may struggle in some of these bigger games before conference play but I can really see this team, you know, putting it together in conference play. And as long as we can avoid injuries, right, which is, you know, always a struggle, especially injuries at the at the wrong time. Right. If if it's like January 1st and we get a guy back on February 1st, like, OK, maybe maybe we lose a couple spots in the seating. But as long as we're a full team going into the conference tournament, I think this team can compete with any team in this conference. Um, UAB included. We beat UAB twice last season. Um, those games were at home, and UAB's reloaded with some some key transfers from SEC teams specifically. But I don't know, man. I could really see this being the year that we get it done. Of course, probably said that every year, but um, I don't know. I think that we get to the conference title game, and Junior Lofton does Junior Lofton things late in the second half, and we pull it off against UAB. In Frisco, Texas, we pull it off, we go to the big dance, and we win the first round because, like I said, 
So USA teams don't lose in the first round, but that's as far as we that's as far as we make it. So yeah, that's basketball. I will absolutely take that. Yeah, that's basketball. We talked a lot about a lot of different sports on this week's shows. Yeah, can you tell we've mentally checked out on football just by yeah just by how rough that Charlotte preview was? Yeah, pretty rough. Yeah, and it's kind of a rough life online when you play video games against kids that are better than you. Evan, you want to tell us about this tweet of the week? Yeah, so um, shout out to whoever said that we should get tweet of the week for for one of our tweets. But Boston Scott, our guy, Boston Scott, former Louisiana Tech running back, says nothing like going home after a tough loss and playing Rocket League only to be bodied by a 12-year-old whose username is Sook. Me dick. S O O K underscore M E D I K. Austin Scott and the Eagles lost a close one to Chargers this weekend. Contest. It looks like he, he made some, some progress back with, uh, he posted it under that tweet, a clip of him playing and scoring a goal, which is nice. It's not something I'm able to do very often in Rocket League. I am awful at it. But yeah, that's that's the tweet of the week. And that about wraps it up for this episode of the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, website, whatever you want to call it. It's where you can do the contest and the pick And you should go do that. Right, Evan? Yeah, go do it. Cool. And while you're there, you should also go buy shirts. November shirt of the month, 318, State of Louisiana. Looks cool. We've tweeted about it. You should buy it. Please. We're running out of time. So this uh, outro is going to be very short. That's at gtpdd.dog slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. I'm GoTech. Please don't die. And they have a cheerleading team and a co-ed jujitsu team. What is this place? I'm very confused. Oh, can I buy a shirt though? Does the store? Wow. If, if they have a home field shop. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 <laughs>